This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Witness history this year at the French Open, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch it. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. It's three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off. We'll see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if fresh faces rise to the challenge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it all goes down. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosmo, and right now, you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? There is some more distractions down under, like I talked about in the prior episode last week, but there's a lot going on down under in Australia right now, ahead of the Australian Open, ahead of the ATP Cup, ahead of everything and the start of the ATP and the WEA. WTA tour this year in 2021. Now, we are lucky enough to have tennis this year in 2021, but on the other hand, there's a lot of drama happening in Australia right now, and for good reason, I would say. The players really have a point in what they're trying to make down there, but also the tournament has a point in what they have to make as well to keep everybody safe, because if everybody's not safe, they're not having a tournament. Now, let me go back, and last week, Novak Djokovic wrote a letter to the Australian Open and the tournament director, Craig Tiley, and he pretty much said, we want better food, um, we don't want to be quarantined anymore, and if we are quarantined, we want to be at a house that has a private court, and we want to you know, limit the days of isolation, and we want to be able to talk to our coaches. Now, before that, let me backtrack even more, over 70, what I recall is 72 players were quarantined due to somebody on a plane they were on testing positive for the coronavirus. Now, all the players kind of came on the same flight with that players, umpires, workers, um, officials, anybody that needed to be a part of the tour and of the tournament came on these flights. Now, when they came over, they were told, so the tournament says, that this type of stuff could happen and they would be isolated for 14 days. Well, they got over here. A lot of players not happy about it. They are isolated for 14 days. Over 70 players isolated for 14 days. You heard that right. Professional tennis players ahead of a Grand Slam tournament quarantined, isolated in their room for 14 days. Now, let me fast forward to what I just told you. Djokovic wrote a letter. He wanted better food. He wanted isolation. Those days to be um, minimized a little bit, brought down to not as many as 14. He also wanted players to be able to talk with their coaches and their teams um, in person, I assume. And and he also wanted players to be able to go into private courts and live in private houses um, to play on private courts while they're isolated because most of these players, all but I believe one, maybe one or two, um, definitely less than five, tested negative for COVID and they didn't have, they didn't have COVID at the time. They were just isolated because they were deemed close contact. Fast forward a week or so. This is what's happening now is 
there's a lot of flashback, um, not flashback, there's a lot of flack going Novak's way for asking for these demands. And Novak is saying um, that he was misconstrued and he had good intentions. Now, this is his Instagram post. He says, quote for quote, Australia, in light of recent media and social media criticism for my letter to Craig Tiley, tournament director of the Australian Open, I would like to clarify a few things. My good intentions for my fellow competitors in Melbourne have been misconstrued as being selfish, difficult, and ungrateful. This could be further from the truth. Not every act is taken at its face value, and at times when I see the aftermath of things, I do tend to ask myself if I should just sit back and enjoy my benefits instead of paying attention to other people's struggles. However, I always choose to do something and be of service despite the challenging consequences and misunderstandings. I genuinely care about my fellow players, and I also understand very well how the world is run and who gets bigger and better and why. I've earned my privileges the hard way, and for that reason, it is very difficult for me to be a mere onlooker, knowing how much every help, gesture, and good word mattered to me when I was small and insignificant in the world peckering order. Hence, I use my position of privilege to be of service as much as I can, where and when needed. I've, I, I have always had a very good relationship with Craig, and I respect and appreciate all the effort he puts into making the Australian Open a place to look forward to coming back to each year. In our email exchange, I use an opportunity to brainstorm about potential improvements that could be made to the quarantine of players in Melbourne that were in full lockdown. There were a few suggestions and ideas that I gathered from other players from our chat group, and there was no harm intended to try and help. I was aware that the chances were low that any of our suggestions would be accepted, just like my request to quarantine with my team in Melbourne instead of Adelaide was denied prior to our travel because of my strict government regulate because of the strict government regulations. Since I couldn't be any player, I couldn't be with any players in Melbourne. I made myself available to them if needed. He goes on a few more things, talking, talking, talking. But that's all we really need to talk about right now. Novak Djokovic said this, and here's what I'm going to take away from it, okay? First off, for a guy in Novak's position where he could sit back in his privilege and just relax, why Why would he stress about things? He's a, made $136 million in his time as a tennis player. He doesn't have to say anything. For him to say something and step up for some of these smaller players, I think is a big deal. And I think that players should take notice of it. When the NBA was in their bubble and rumor has it LeBron was living in a suite, he wasn't standing up for some of these smaller players who were staying in a little one-bedroom place and were shacked up in there at seven feet tall, right? Not saying they had a miserable time in there, but I'm just saying you don't necessarily see big-time players in other conferences, in other leagues, in other professional sports doing things like this. Let me say it. Let me put it this way. When you're at your workplace and your situation isn't great, maybe there's things at your desk that are falling apart, you're not getting the assistance you need, but your CEO your CEO steps up for you and says something to, or the president of your organization in your town or your region steps up and says something to corporate that these people down here at their desks 
aren't getting the proper equipment for them to do their job and we're not treating them very well. That's what this is equivalent to. And for them to say something here and for Novak Djokovic to stand up for the younger players, I think is extraordinary. Now, were some of the were some of the commands and some of the things he wanted a little bit needy? Absolutely. Were some of them not reasonable? Absolutely. But he even said he didn't necessarily think all of them were going to happen. So in my eyes, for him to stand up and say something like this and even come out with this apology and just be open about it, I don't see Rafael Nadal coming out with big statements asking for big things. I don't see Dominic Thiem, Alexander Sverev, Tsitsipas, um, Stan Wawrinka. I don't see any of these players coming out and saying, we want this, we need this. Um, Med- Medvedev, I don't see any of them saying that. They could all just sit up there with their millions of dollars. Nadal can sit on his yacht and not say a damn word. And for Novak Djokovic to come out and express his feelings and try to stand up for the smaller players and the ones that don't make as much money and aren't in the best situation, big deal for tennis, big deal for everything surrounding Novak Djokovic, and I think people should take it more seriously. Now, on the other hand, there is some criticism coming from Nick Kyrgios, the Australian himself. Now, first off, I'm going to talk about this news article, this news story that was ran in Australia, and it highlighted Bernard Tomic. And his girlfriend, his girlfriend was pretty much posting all over social media how, you know, their food needs to get inspected before it comes to them. So when it comes to them, it's stale and it's cold and it's not good anymore. And the service is bad at their hotel and they're not getting any blah, 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 blah. Right. She's complaining about all this. Now, Nick Kyrgios quote tweets this and says, Djokovic is a tool. I don't mind Bernie, but his missus obviously has no perspective. Ridiculous scenes. Nick Kyrgios said that. No, I'm not surprised Nick Kyrgios says that. And I think, um... The way that Djokovic's statement came out, I think it looked a lot towards like, I want this, I need this, um, you guys should treat me better and us players better. Um, I do think his intentions were not that. I think it was more for the people around him. I think he is set. He's got a balcony. There's been, It's been clear that he's, you know, some people are saying your balcony is bigger than my room. Um, but I think it's clear that Djokovic isn't having a terrible time in Australia, but I do think there are some players who are really, really struggling there because you're a professional tennis player and you're not practicing for two weeks. That's a long time. Um, but Nick Nick Kyrgios, it's not new that he's not a huge fan of Djokovic or Nadal. He's, he's never been a big fan of all those guys and he doesn't really get the hype, but he's also kind of in the league and he's in the tennis tournament um, or on the tennis tour, ATP tour, to cause a little trouble. And for him to say Djokovic is a tool, stir some, stir the pot a little bit, hopefully play him in a grand slam, get a good crowd, entertain a little bit. He's very open about how tennis is entertaining. Um, I get that. And I think it's good for the sport um, a little bit, but you know, Djokovic is a tool. I think this didn't make him look like a tool a little bit, but when you hear him out and actually find his intentions about it, and if you really think about it, I don't necessarily think it was in a toolish way. Now, uh, he says, I don't mind Bernie, but his missus obviously has no perspective. Um, yeah, I think um, this happened kind of when the NBA was in their bubble as well, but some people said if you complain about that bubble, you're a little tone deaf because there's people in the world that don't really have anything. And it makes sense. But I think at the, on the other hand, you need to remember that, you know, these professional athletes, there are some struggles in these bubbles. And um, they are allowed to voice their concerns and kind of complain about some things that are happening in these bubbles. But these bubbles aren't going to be perfect. They, these people, Australian Open, U.S. Open, these guys haven't had years and years and years of practice to make these bubbles perfect. And their circumstances suck, right? They're in a global pandemic. It can spread as easy as walking by someone, it seems. 
and they're trying to do their best to make sure their tournament goes on for economic value and also for the tour value to make sure that tennis can continue and sports can continue. Um, but I do think maybe her putting as much as she did on social media and kind of bashing the Australian Open, probably a little much. But they do have a right and they do have a platform and professional players at places like this do have a right and a platform to just be um, you know, unhappy for lack of a better term, and just um, maybe complain about things. Now, maybe they should complain about, you know, the entire the entire house and the kitchen sink, but they do have a right to complain about a few things. Now, I think that's all I'm going to say about the Australian Open as far as the quarantine part and everything. Draws should be coming out real soon, but I, it does start three weeks later than it was going to on February 8th, but just before the Australian Open this year is the ATP Cup. The ever-entertaining ATP Cup. And Nick Kyrgios, who I was just talking about, isn't playing in it for Australia. But boy, does Australia have a draw. And I'm going to get to that right now. The ATP Cup this year is loaded February 2nd through the 6th. No USA in it this year. No idea why. I haven't bothered to ask why. I'm just disappointed the U.S. doesn't show up a little bit. I'm a little disappointed they're not showing up in the ATP Cup. I mean, my God, we have 320-some million people in this country, and we can't play in the ATP Cup. Very, very sad. But nevertheless, the ATP ATP Cup is going to go on, and the first couple days of matches are electric. Day one of the ATP Cup, let's look at some of the good matches going on. It's February 2nd. It's a Tuesday. If you got a Tuesday off, tune in and check out some of these matches. Uh, Novak Djokovic is playing Denis Shapovalov. That's going to be a good match. Dominic Thiem is playing Matteo Berrettini. That's a good match. Uh, Roberto Batista Agut is playing John Millman. That's an okay match. Rafael Nadal is playing Alex de Manure. That's a really good match. Daniil Medvedev is playing Diego Schwartzman. That's a good match. These are matches that are hap- should be happening in semis, quarters, finals of... Uh, of tournaments, and these are happening first round of the ATP Cup. That's what I like about this tournament. Best players in the world from each country, step up. Let's play some uh, tennis for your country. Slap in some doubles. There's also doubles that day, but the names haven't been released. February 3rd, Wednesday. Let's look at who else is playing. Struff is playing Rayonich. Uh, that Jan Leonard Struff is playing really good tennis, at least at the end of 2020 he was. Uh, Bino Pierre is playing Fabio Fagnini. Denis Shapovalov is playing Alexander Sferev. That's also going to be a good match. Uh, Matteo Berrettini is playing Gaio Monfils. That's going to be a good match. I mean, I'm saying all of these names and all these big names are playing each other. Um, let's look who else is playing. Rublev is going to play Nishikori. Uh, sorry, Nishioka. That's going to be a good match. Nishikori is actually playing Medvedev. And then this is probably one of the matches I'm looking forward to most in this tournament. And it's Alex de Manure is playing Stefano Tsitsipas. At the end of day two. Day three, February 4th on Thursday. Uh, let's look. Team is playing Juan Djokovic is playing Zverev. But no, not Batista Gut. Let's go to Schwartzman is playing Nishikori. And Nadal is playing Sitsipas. Another st- outstanding match. That's the thing about this AT Cup. ATP Cup and tournaments like this that I really enjoy is these players wouldn't be playing this good, these good of opponents back to back to back to back to back. And because of the format, because of how they play it, and it's not really a tournament-wise as far as, you know, singles and singles and singles and singles, you're playing for your country, they're going to play these matches and they're going to play them hard because they don't want to let their team down. They hardly ever get to play for a team like this. And in this type of tournament, like the Davis Cup, like the Labor Cup, 
like the ATP ATP Cup, they get to play like this. So I'm ever looking forward to that. Mark that on your calendars. That is Tuesday, February 2nd, Wednesday the 3rd, and Thursday the 4th. Now, these matches are only going to get better, so stay tuned to the ATP and everything going on down in Australia. Um, it seems like tensions have um, flailed a little bit. I don't know if that's the right word, but they've gone down a little bit since the beginning of everybody's quarantine in Australia. They were running high for a bit, folks. I would hate to be on the phone lines there in Australia when they first started the quarantine. But hopefully all these players get out of the quarantine, and hopefully next week on this podcast I don't have a whole lot of drama to talk about because that means things will be settling down there. Um, thanks for listening today. That's all I got today. Uh, a lot of good topics, a lot of good things happening, um, but there are some negative things happening in the fact of some of the people in tennis world turning against each other, but we're going to get that turned around and we're going to have a one heck of a round here in Australia. Thanks for listening. If you want to sponsor, you can always reach out at Believe.com or at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram or reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo, both on Instagram and Twitter. Hoping to get some guests on one of these weeks. Um, got some working in the plans and hopefully we can get them in here as the first Grand Slam of 2020 gets underway here in a few weeks. Next week, we have the ATP Cup. The following week, we have the Australian Open and it's only going to get better from there, folks. Stay tuned right here at Believe in the ATP Tour. Be safe out there. Vaccines are rolling out. Everything that's happened with the pandemic, be safe. Take care of your friends, take care of your family, and most importantly, take care of yourself. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.